to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Now, I just want you to realize that when he said go down, that the potters, I was, you know, did a lot of reading on potters and pottery and, and did a lot of study and it'll take up too much time to get into it. But uh, when the archaeological digs, when they go and they dig in sites thousands of years old, you know what they find, Brian? Pottery. You know what they find? Pots. They said that these pots, after being in the fire, are nearly indestructible. They said they're, they'll last for like ever. But what happens is they get broken and then the pieces last. And the only time that a potter or our pottery is, is gone is when the potter grinds it to powder. And that's it. But if, without, without that, it's still around. It's still in the dirt. Pottery is amazing. So when he said go down, these potter's houses were outside of the city. They were down in a valley called Himnon. And the valley of Himnon is all called, also called Tolfat. And which, which is also called the, the uh, 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 um, uh, Himnon is, is also, oh my goodness, I just got blank what it's called, a Hebrew word. But anyway, it was a place where, where hell from, Hannah, Gehenna came from. That's what it was, Gehenna. And that's where, why, why did they call that the Valley of, of Gehenna? Why did they call that the Valley of Hell? Because the potters, potters were down there and they had furnaces and they had smokestacks. And it was nothing but fire and smoke and broken vessels, and clay, it was a wreck and a mess. It was also the trash heap where they would go and they'd burn trash. So it was a lot of fire and a lot of smoke. So they would use that, that valley as a, an associate with hell, amen? So he's not saying go down to hell, but he is saying go down to the potter's house. So when he, And there you're going to learn something. There you're going to hear my words. Sometimes God's got to take us somewhere and show us a visual, amen, so that we can hear God. We need to see things better. We need to, instead of just reading them, we need to see them. And I'll tell you right now, if you open your eyes today, you can look out upon the world and you can see some things. And what I see is a lot of hell going on. A lot of smoke, a lot of fire, a lot of stink. It smelled a bad. This world is not getting better. It's getting way worse. Amen. Let's keep reading. It says in verse 3, Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again, another vessel. Pay attention. As it seemed good to the potter to make. Talked about this last week, but I don't want to be remiss in not mentioning it, that he's telling them that he sees a potter, and in the potter's hands is a vessel, and the potter, for whatever reason, I hope we'll learn some today, that he mars that vessel. He ruins that vessel. He destroys what he was originally going to make. But the good thing is, is he's the potter, and he remakes it what he wants. And this is where Jeremiah is learning and he's seeing. Let's keep reading. It says in verse 5, Then, after he saw that, then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter, saith the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in my hand, O house of Israel. At what instant? I shall speak concerning, look what it says, a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck it up or to pull it down and to destroy it. As that potter took that, that clay and for some reason the clay wasn't doing what the potter wanted it to do. I believe this, that each and every one of us were made with God having a perfect will for your life. 
I believe that. God had a perfect will that he had just for you. But if you were anything like me, you messed it up. I messed God's will up. I didn't know the Lord. I didn't follow the Lord. I kind of followed the devil and the crowd. I did the drinking and the partying and the fighting and everything else. I wasn't Christian at all. And I'll tell you what, God had a plan for me. When I was a child, when I was a kid, you know what my mom used to say about me? He's a good boy. I know, I'm not kidding. He said, but I was. I, I was, I, I was kind of like a mama's boy. I never one time said the word no to my mom. I never one time talked back to my parents. Not one time. Outside, I did a lot of bad, but in the house, I was respectful and good. And our children should be respectful to their parents. Right. They should be. Parents, don't, don't allow your children to disrespect you. Because if they're going to disrespect you, they'll disrespect God. I'm just letting you know a little something. You don't have to pay extra for that one. But so what happened was, is God had a perfect plan for me, but I messed that plan up. It wasn't until I was 31 years old when I bowed my head and cried out to Jesus. He came in and he made me new. He said, okay, Mike, I had plan A for you, but let's try plan B. Isn't it great to know that if you messed up, God's got another plan for you? Isn't it great to know if your life was kind of in shambles and you messed it up, God's got plan A, he's got plan B, he's even got a plan C, ND, and an XYZ. He's got so, so many plans for you, but you don't want plan Z, you want plan A. But I'll tell you what, if I can't get plan A, I'll take plan B, amen? I wasn't like my granddaughter who gets straight A's and she gets all bent out of shape. Hold your ears, I'm talking about And if she gets an 85 on something, she'll cry. If she gets a B on something, no way. It's supposed to be 100 all the time. And I'm not like that. I get a C on my report. God's like, yes, I passed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe some of you were like that. I just wanted to pass. You know what I mean? Well, when it comes to the, my entire life, I don't want to just pass. I want to excel. Amen? When it comes, I, Jesus said, I've come to give you life. And life more abundant. I want the abundant life. You know, I want to be blessed. I want to have the, the, the marriage I want to have and the job I want to have and the, and the things I want. I, I want to be used. I want to be purposeful. I want, to, I want my life to count. Amen? Not sit around and do nothing with my life. That's the one greatest thing of getting old is you have regrets. Amen. I, knew that, I, I know what I said is true. You guys just weren't agreeing with me. Amen? But he says this. He says at one instant, verse 7, at what instant? Shall I speak concerning a nation, concerning a kingdom, to pluck it up, to pull it down, or destroy it? He says, but if that nation against whom I have pronounced, pronounced, turn from their evil, I will repent of the evil that I thought to do unto them. He says, and at what instant I shall speak concerning a nation, and concerning a kingdom, to build it, and to plant it? That's a good thing. If it do evil in my sight, that it obey not my voice, then I will repent of the good, wherewith I said I would benefit them. Now, therefore, he's saying to Jeremiah, go to the, and speak to the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, saying, thus saith the Lord, behold, I frame evil against you, and I devise a device against you. He's going to tear them down. He's already torn them down. Israel was God's people. Amen? Israel was God's chosen people. They were the clay. He was the potter. They were supposed to be what he wanted them to be. He chose them. And they were chosen by God.
to do a work. Just like God made Adam to do what? He said, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. But Adam messed up. His sin marred him. So then he went to Noah and he, made, and, he, and he chose Noah. And he said, now go and be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And we know that sin entered into that there and they messed everything up. So he chose a man, Abraham. And he said to that man, I'm going to make your seed like the stars of heaven, like the sand of the sea. And he said, sounds good to me, but I'm 75. And he only had one child. But out of that one child, that one child, God chose his son, which is Jacob. And Jacob was messed up and he was marred. But God had a wrestling match with him and got a hold of him and messed them all up. And then he said, I'm going to make you, remake you, and now you're going to be called Israel. And he turned that man's mess into a triumph. And he turned him into a nation and he became a nation and he chose that nation. And that whole nation was God's clay. It was God's vessels. What God was going to use to change the world. Amen. But sin and rebellion and everything bad came. Israel would mess up and mess up and mess up and reject God time and time again. Read it for yourself. It's all through there. And God would mess them up and destroy them. He would break them. He would utterly almost destroy them. And you'd think that there's no more Israel. But he always started to rebuild them. And I want you to learn that because look what he says here. He says in, in verse 11 and in the, in the, towards the end, I frame evil against you and devise a device against you. But he stops, a, a semicolon there, and he stops. And he wants a pause. And he says, return you now, everyone from his evil way, and make your ways and your doings good. He just said that if you'll turn back to me, if you'll turn to me, I'll do good for you. I will bless you. I will mold you and make you and turn you into something beautiful. You know, God is the one that takes a hunk of coal and turns it into a diamond. And God can take a hunk of clay, amen, and turn it into something amazing. You know what was the greatest thing that God ever made? It wasn't you. It wasn't me. It wasn't even him. It was Jesus. And Jesus was a man. God made him. Made him into his image and likeness. And Jesus Christ was the most precious of all vessels. He was perfect and pure and holy. And we'll get to him in a minute. But look what happens. This is the sad part. Look in verse 12. After God said, turn to me and I'll remake you. I'll bless you. I'll make your ways and your doings good. How many people want God to do good to you? Me too. Look what he says in verse 12. But they said, there's no hope. There's no hope. Marcus, that's what happens when people think there's no hope. When you start to think, there's no sense. I'm never going to be anything right. I'm never going to be anything good. I messed my life up. I messed my whole life up. I did this wrong. I did that wrong. I, I, there's no hope. Look what, he, look what they say. Because they said there's no hope. But we'll walk after our own devices. And we will, every one of them, do the imagination of the evil of our heart. Because they think there's no real hope for them, they don't change. Because they think there's no hope that God will not truly make them into something great. You have no idea the people that we look up to in history, all the failures and all the bad things they did. You know David, the one that God said, that's a man, he chose David. He said, that's a man after my own heart. David sinned messed up big time and we'll look at what how david got remade and i'm here to tell every single person 
Every person that has a broken life and every person that has a, a broken spirit and broken heart. I'm here to tell you, and I'm being serious, there's hope. Because God said there's hope. God said it. He said, if you'll turn to me, I'll make you into something beautiful. I'll take your misery and turn it into glory for my own name. I'll take your troubles and turn them into triumph. I'll take your life that you've destroyed, that you've messed up, and I'll turn it into a story they'll make movies out of. I'm telling you, it happens time and time again to people. But if you look at your life and you look at God saying this and you hear me saying it right now and you say, nah, there's no hope for me. That breaks my heart because there's so much hope for you. You know why? Because it's not about you. It's about Him. And if you allow Him to do something great with you, He gets the glory. He gets the praise. Listen, you may, many of you don't really know my story and I don't have time to tell it. Maybe I'll tell it one day, give the whole story. But I'll tell you right now, I was a roofer, okay? I had children in high school. I've been a dad since I was 17, 18 years old. I have seven kids, 24 grandchildren, six uh, uh, step-grandchildren. I have three great-grandchildren. Amen. I started out in a hole. I did everything wrong. I, I was the dumbest of the dumb. I was the, the worst of the worst. I, but I gave my life to Christ. And without, whether you know it or not, and now I'm your pastor. Sorry about that. Down the street, you can go, guy, he's probably better looking. And go to the church across the street, and he's got a collar and a white robe. And he goes, oh, and he's holy and perfect. You should go down there. No one's holy and perfect but Jesus, amen? And I'm here to tell you that you're the same as everyone. We're all messed up. And some of us, some of us, and you know who you are, have messed your lives up pretty good. But God's saying, if you'll turn to me, I'll remake you. I'll make you a vessel. If you'll allow me to put my hands on you and put you in the center of my will and put you on my wheel, I'll start turning and I'll start molding and I'll start shaping and you'll never believe what you're going to be when I'm finished. Amen. But the problem, the problem is, is the only way a vessel can ever be what it's supposed to be is it's got to go through the process. Amen. It's got to go through the process. You just don't say, okay, God, here I am. Now make me something great. He says, okay, let's get started. No, I don't want to get started. I want to finish. It doesn't work that way. God says, I have to get the impurities out of you. i got to get everything that's not good. Because why, Lord? Why do you have to put me in the center of your will? Why do you have to flatten me out sometimes? Why do you have to break my spirit sometimes? Why do you have to break my will? Why do you have to hurt my body? Why do you have to, why do you have to, God? Why? He says, because you'll never make it through the fire unless you have to go through what you got to go through to be able to make it. We're so weak and tender-minded that as soon as things go bad or hard, we give up. And God's like, I just started. You have no idea what I've been through. You have no idea the heartbreak. You have no idea the, the, the months and months being alone, crying, thinking all is lost. and I'm a failure. and Nothing's going right. You have no idea. But one thing I had is I held on to God. I just held on. So you don't hang in. Hold on. Amen. I just held on to what I said I believed. And God got me through. And God got me through. And 
He is awesome and he's amazing and he gets all the glory and honor. There's, there's that guy, you can help me say, Jack, whatever his name is, he's got no arms and no legs. I love that man. You know what I'm talking about, right? He's on videos. He goes around telling everybody, he says, you know, he has no arms and no legs and yet he preaches all over the place. What a great guy, I love him. And he says, I know your life's tough. I know that you don't have what you want. I've asked God for arms and I asked God for legs and I didn't get them. Right? He said, he said, but what I did get was, look, I get to talk to thousands of people and I get to pour my experiences, my life into them and watch them become vessels of honor. I'm getting ahead of myself. I just want you to realize that when the Bible tells us that God is the potter, that is the Jewish word for it. the Hebrew word is, is yatsar, yatsar. And what that means is the word potter means one who forms. The word potter means one who forms. And you know, in the very beginning of Genesis, it says that God formed man out of the dust of the earth. Remember that? God, the potter, formed man from the dust of the earth. And dust in, in the Hebrew word is, is afar, and it means clay. Dust means clay. It means ruddy and red because of the red clay. And Adam was made by God, put on God's... God made him perfect. To do God's will, but sin messed them up. And God didn't give up. God says, you know what? I'll, I'll start again. I'll start with Enoch. I'll start with Noah. I'll start with Abraham. I'll start with... And here what he did was, the greatest thing he did is he said, forget that. I'm not going to start with any man. I'm going to become a man. And I'll start with him. And he sent his, his spirit, his son, his word into a woman's womb and became a man like us. And I'll tell you right now, that man, Jesus, was a perfect vessel. Perfect vessel. He was the example of what you can be and what I can be. He was the example. He said, follow me, and I'll make you. He said, follow me, and I'll use you. He said, follow me, and you'll do greater works than I have. And you're like, what? He said, just follow me and see what I can do with you. Adam was made to be fruitful but God also made us with free will. And the reason it says that he went to the potters and he says that the, the clay was marred in the potter's hand because the clay would not do what the potter wanted to do because we know that we're the clay and we are stubborn and we are resentful and we are get angry and we want our way and we want it when we want it. We want our way and we want it fast. I don't want to wait. I don't want to have to go through this. And God, But God has made us like Him in His image, in His likeness, with free will. And you have free will. God's not going to put His hands on you and make you. God's going to say, trust me and I'll make you. Because you know what happens? All of us have got to go through the fire. Every vessel that Potter ever makes, he makes it and it's beautiful. It's shaped just the way he wants it to shape it, but it's got to go through the fire. It's got to go in the oven. And that oven is where it makes or breaks you. And so he's got to do things in your life to make it so you can go through. And as I told you last week, when the potter takes that, that clay, where do you think he got the clay? He got it from the earth. He goes out and he digs it from the earth and he puts it in a vessel. He carries around a vessel that he puts the clay in. I'll tell you right now, that vessel must be dirty. That vessel must be messy. That vessel must be like the worst looking vessel of all. He's out there with dirt in it. But that vessel is used by God every day. 
That vessel is the vessel that's closest to him. That's vessel. See, God will use you a dirty, messed up vessel. Amen. If you'll just be willing to do what he wants to do. What does he want to do? He wants to get people out of this world and make something beautiful out of them. He wants to change us. You might not want to be changed while the rest of the world wants you to be changed. Because we know your attitudes and we know what's going on. But the truth, if you'll just listen to the truth, you need to be changed. Because I don't want to be Michael Wilps. I don't want to be him. I want to be like him. My, my wife does not need a better husband. My wife needs a Christian, a godly husband. My children don't need a better father. They need a godly father. And I don't know how to be godly. I don't know how to be good. But he does. And I just let him. I just let him have his will with me. And watch what he makes. You know, I got my good three-piece suit on today. Sometimes you can look, sometimes you can look good on the outside, you know. That was for my daughter over there. Sometimes you can look good on the outside, but the inside's a mess. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, Jesus said all the time, says, you know what you are? You're like whited sepulchers. You look good on the outside, but inside there's dead man's bones. Inside of some of us, you might look good on the outside right now, but inside you're broken. Inside you're broken. You have a broken heart. You have a broken spirit. You're sad all the time. You don't experience the love and the joy that you want, but you want it, but you're broken. I'll tell you right now, doctors and and surgeons can fix broken bodies, but only God can fix a broken heart. And the Bible says that a broken spirit drieth the bones. When When your spirit's broken. Joe and I were talking yesterday, talking about his son going for a job, and he didn't get it, and he said his spirit was broken. I remember my nephew, I led him to the Lord, and he was on fire for God, man. He was a pistol on fire for God. He met a girl in, in our ch- old church, and he liked her, and she liked him. And they were like, he, i never seen him happier. And, he, and she went to the pastor, and, he said, and the pastor said, you can never marry her. Why? Because he was divorced at 19 years old. And now he's in his probably about 30 at the time. They said, you can, the, pastor, the pastor was wrong, okay? But the pastor said that, it broke his spirit. I saw the happiest guy to the most saddest guy. See, you get a broken spirit, man. You dries your bones up. It's bad. And what God is is the healer of every spirit. God can heal and help and renew your spirit even today if you'll let him. He can heal your broken heart. The body, he can even fix that. And one day he's going to give you a brand new body. So it's all good. Amen. But I want you to think about this is that God would remake Israel time and time again, but time and time again they messed up. When God chose Jesus, his only begotten son, to show the world what a pure and true and beautiful and kind and perfect vessel really is like. You know, Jesus, the perfect vessel, right? Come on. He was broken. He was broken for you. God allowed the perfect vessel perfect in every way to be broken in pieces for you. And we'll see why in a minute when we get there, but I want you to think that Jesus said, as we're going to do tonight, he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Take, eat. This is my blood that was shed for you. Take, drink. See, I'll tell you right now, the reason is because he wants to pour his life in yours. He wants to pour his life in you. And I'll I'll talk about that in a minute. But he who is a perfect vessel, a perfect man, God poured into that perfect vessel sin. 
perfect holy vessel and God poured in it the sin of all mankind. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane said, Father, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. He didn't want to drink it. He didn't want to become sin. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, please. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I don't know if he's going to put it up there. Are you going to put the verse up? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, look in verse 21 with me, and then we're going to read some more verses there. The very last verse in the chapter says, For he hath made him to be sin for us, he who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. God took that perfect vessel and turned it into a vessel full of sin. And that vessel was broken. Destroyed, actually, on the cross of Calvary. Beat, tore apart, broken, flesh hanging from his body, eye taken out, beard ripped off, crown of thorns pounded in his head. That perfect vessel was broken in pieces because of your sin. Look in that same chapter, starting in verse 14. Let's learn something. It says in verse 14, For the love of Christ constrains us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now, hereafter, or hereforth, know we, know him, know we him no more. It says, therefore... If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and has given to us a ministry of reconciliation. To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. How did God make us a new creature? How? By pouring Christ into us. I'll tell you about that in a minute. When we learn the truth, that we, by our own wills, have sinned and rejected God. Don't sit there and have a pity party about yourself. Do not sit there and say, well, you don't know, because so many people do. Don't sit there and say, well, if this didn't happen and this didn't happen, so many people, don't, don't you dare start trying to make excuses for your life and for your sin. Don't. Own, own it. Own up to it. And confess it to God and tell him, because he knows all about it. Don't try to hide it under the rug. Don't try to blame your mom and dad. Don't try to blame your wife or husband. It's, you have to own it. It's your sin that you rebelled against God. And what happens is, is if we will own it, that we have sinned and rejected God and God's grace, if we turn to Him and trust in Jesus Christ and, and His broken body and His shed blood, God will forgive us and make us new. He'll put us back on the wheel. Why? Because what Jesus did, and I'm going to get to that at the end, what Jesus did by pouring himself into us made us new creatures. 
made us new vessels, made us brand new to be like him. Now, I don't know about you, but the greatest man that ever walked the earth, his name is Jesus Christ. The most powerful man that's ever lived, his name is Jesus Christ. No man ever walked on water but Jesus Christ. No man ever, ever raised the dead except Jesus Christ. No man commanded the wind. No man commanded the sea. No man commanded animals and the fish. No man made food out of nothing. And no man ever rose from his own power from the dead but Jesus Christ. Yeah, praise the Lord. That man, Jesus Christ, gave his life broke his vessel for you and me. Please, God's begging you, receive him. Believe in him with all your heart. Ask him, come into me so that he can make you new. And I'll show you how he's going to do that in a minute because he'll take all your broken pieces. He'll take your broken heart. He'll take your broken spirit. He'll take your broken body. He'll take your broken relationships. He'll take your broken marriage. He'll take everything that's broken and he'll pour himself into it and make it new. And I'll show you exactly how in a minute. God is amazing and he's awesome. But if you say like they said, there's no hope. Ah, not me. That's for someone else. Then you're going to stay the same like Israel did. You're going to stay the same. You know what God's going to do? You're going to be destroyed. I'm here to tell you right now, don't be the person that says there's no hope. That's not going to happen. God said, I will. And if God says, I will, then I believe him. Amen. And I look forward to when he's going to do. Turn with me, if you would, to Psalm 51. Psalm 51, a great Psalm of David. Talked a little bit about it. In Psalm 51, David was a broken man. David was broken in spirit, broken in heart. And even his body was broken with sores and everything else because of his sin. You ever get so down and depressed that even your body feels bad? Come on, help me out. Yeah, that's what happens. That's why it says your spirit of a man sustains his infirmities. If you keep your spirit up, your headaches go away. You keep your spirit up, your backache goes away. It doesn't say it won't come back, but it goes away. Amen? You start to get fired up for Jesus and let the oil of the Holy Ghost come, it'll start oiling those joints, those old old bones. Amen? My sister here, she, uh, she says she feels great, but she can't walk very good. I'll tell you what, she walks better than some people I know because her walk brought her right into the house of God. Amen? But, but God will oil up those knees of hers, oil up those knees of, of Joe's. And I'll tell you, God will do amazing things with you when you say, I can't. God says, oh, really? But I can. In Psalm 51, I want you to read this. It's a Psalm of David when he was a broken man. And it says, the Psalm of David when Nathan the prophet came unto him after he had gone to Bathsheba. Now, if you don't know the story, he took someone else's wife brought her into him, slept with her. Then he sent her home while her husband was in the war. She comes back and says, I'm pregnant. He goes, oh, no. All right, I know what I'll do. He goes and gets the guy, brings him back and says, hey, buddy, it's good to see you, man. Here, have some wine, get drunk, party it up, dude. Have some fun. Yeah, and he had his arm around him laughing, high five. He says, the king is awesome. Having me. And then the king goes to bed, goes, he'll go home, sleep with his wife. That way he'll think it's his. And the king wakes up and the guy's sleeping outside. He's like, what are you doing? I told you to go home. Oh, there's no way I can party it up, live here and sleep in my bed when my friends, my guys are in foxholes with fighting. And David goes, hmm. He said, all right, let me try again. He gets him drunk again and sends him to his house. And then David goes to bed thinking, okay, 
And he comes back out, and the guy still won't go. The guy says, I'm not going to go sleep with my wife when all my friends are there. David said, oh, I've got to get rid of this guy. And he wrote a letter to his captain and said, put this guy on the front line, send him out for it, kill him. So David sends him out, and he gets him killed. Then David takes his wife. Nice guy, huh? Adultery, murder, fornications, plotting. So David, the, the man of God comes to David and gives him a little story, and he says to him, he says, hey, David. And David says, yes. Nathan, what is it? Nathan says, there's a man who's rich, man. He's got so much. He's got everything you'd ever want. And then there was this other guy, this poor little guy. He only had one little, little ewe lamb. It's a little, little lamb that he loved. And his son and daughter loved it. And he used to sleep in his bed with them, and it was like their pet. And what happened was the rich guy had some friends come over. Instead of taking one of his many, he went and he took that, little, that man's little lamb, and he killed it and ate it for his friends. What should happen to that guy? And David got mad. And did. That guy should die. That's it. As I'm the king, that man's going to die. Nathan says, you're the man. Because he took another man's wife who was out doing it. And David was broken. His spirit broke. His heart broke. He was torn apart. That baby that was in her womb was born and died because of his sin. So many things of David. Look what he says in verse 1. He says, and Nathan the prophet came unto him after he had gone to Bathsheba. And he said, have mercy on me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgression, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. He can't stop thinking about it. Against thee and thee only have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judges. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden parts thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins. And blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. And what will happen? Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God. Thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. For thou desirest not sacrifice, or else I'd give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. Do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion, and build the walls of Jerusalem. Stop right there. God heard that prayer and God renewed David. God forgave David. God gave him what he asked for. He renewed the right spirit within him. He healed his broken heart. He healed David up and rose David up. And the same thing he'll do for you if you realize I'm broken, I'm hurting, I don't have anything that I need because 
I'm away from God. If we'll just turn to him, turn to Romans chapter 9. Romans chapter 9. God will take the broken pieces and make a new vessel. God will take the broken, messed up vessel and make it into a vessel of honor. Beautiful. Broken bodies can be fixed and broken hearts have to be renewed by God. And only God can do it. But God can renew your spirit and fill that spirit. Look with me in chapter 9 of Romans. Look in verse 20. It says this. Nay, but O man, who are you? that repliest against God. Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, formed it, why have you made me like this? So many people blame God. Anton, I hear it all the time. Oh, God did this, and if God did that, and if God's righteous, people blame God. God didn't do it. You did it. Sin did it. People's hearts did it. God's good in everything he does. God is kind and merciful and loving. He wants to restore you, but he's not going to do it against your will. And he's not going to do it while your spirit and your heart is against him. But people, they always say, why did you make me like this? God didn't make you an alcoholic. God didn't make you a drug addict. God didn't make you a liar. God didn't make you a, 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 a fornicator. God didn't make you the way you were. You made you the way you are. God had a plan for you when you were a child and you went off on your own way. But it's time to come back. Look what he says in verse 21. He says, Has not the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? What if God, willing to show his wrath and make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath filled, fitted for destruction? And that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, that's me and you, which he had afore prepared unto our glory. You see, God had a plan for you when you were born. You went off it. But if you'll turn back to God, he'll make you new. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. By the word of God, by the spirit of God, by the body of God, by the blood of God. In me is now poured out into me. It's the Spirit of Christ. Jesus Christ gave his life so it can be poured into mine and into yours. And when God sees me, he doesn't see me. He sees his son. And he sees as a son, he says, he'll chasten you. He'll, he'll smack you upside the head when you need it. I need it. He'll kick you in the pants when you need it. I don't have to smack my daughters or or whoop my daughters. I just have to talk to them. And they're not like my sons. The boys need a good whooping. I needed a good whooping. The boys need a good whooping. That's what they need, parents. A good one. Amen. One that they remember and go, and they don't want again. Trust me, it works. But the girls, they may or may not need it. I don't know, but my girls don't ever need it, or just a threat of getting it. But you know what they don't like? They don't like being yelled at. They don't like being yelled at. And I'll tell you right now, men can be yelled at all day. We don't care. You know what I mean? We're used to yelling at each other. But girls, I'll tell you right now, I ask God, God, please yell at me. Tell me what I'm doing wrong. I ask God to put his hands on me and straighten me out. You ever need, anybody need straightening out? Amen. Thank you. I need straightening out. I don't know about you, but I need to be, I ask God, put your hands on me, straighten me out. Because I know I'm going the wrong way. Keep reading, I'm sorry. 
Look what it says in verse 24. Even us, whom he has called, not of the Jews only, but also the Gentiles. He's talking about us. As he said in Osi, that's Isaiah, I will call them my people, which were not my people, and her beloved, which was not beloved. See, God loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He's always loved you. But we've all gone our way, own way. We've all done our own things. If we'll turn back to him, he's going to change us and remake us. Look what it says in verse 26. And it shall come to pass that in the place where it is said unto them, you are not my people. There shall they be called the children of the living God. I want to tell you that something that when you were born, when you grew and you became a man or a woman or even a teenager, you're doing what you want to do. You're doing it how you want to do it and you're doing it your own way. And that's what, he, that's what the people of Israel said. Said there's no hope. I'm just going to do what I want to do. I want to move on. But we were chosen by God in Christ. Christ was chosen before the foundation of the world. When we enter into, that, into Christ, we are now the chosen in him. And what happens is because we are chosen, Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 4, it says, I will make you anew. And I thank God that he will refine us. Romans 8.28 says this, since we're close. Romans 8.28, if you want to look at that, it's a great verse. How many people know this verse? Raise your hand. I knew some people did. One of my favorite verses and many other. It says, for we know that all things, all things work together for good to those that love God, to those that are called according to His purpose. His purpose. His purpose. Not your purpose. When you get yourself put to God, whatever you want to do with me, His purpose, Ken. He'll start to mold and shape because everything that God allows in our lives is for His purpose. I'm going to hurry up and finish, but in Jeremiah 18, verse 8 and 9, they said, there's no hope. I'm here to tell you there's hope. I'm here to tell you there's hope. Let me just explain something to you. It says in 1 Peter 1, 7, It says that the trial of your faith being much more precious than a gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, must be or might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. When the potter went out to get the clay, he put it in a vessel and he took it back to his house and he had a sheet and he'd lay that sheet down and he'd take that clay and he'd put it on on the sheet. And he'd start stomping on it with his feet. You're the clay, remember that. So if you ever feel like you got stomped on, amen, this is what's going on. It says, we know that all things work together for what? For good. We know that all things work together for what? For good. So he's stomping on you for your own good. And then he calls his family in. So your family's going to come in. And they'll start stomping on you too. When I got saved, my family said, you're in a cult. You're weird. You're this. They wouldn't even talk to me anymore. I try to tell them about Jesus. And they say, what they say, don't jam that stuff down my throat. Don't tell me about the Bible. Anyway, so the family comes in and they start stomping on it. And as it flattens, things start to appear. And little sticks and little pebbles and little this and little that. And they go around and they get it all out. And they put all that junk into another vessel. All that junk. And then after that, they get the clay and they put it in water. In another vessel that's full of water. I'll tell you right now, it'd be good to be a vessel full of water. You know why what that vessel does? That vessel helps the clay to soften, helps the clay to get pliable, 
helps the clay to start to relax and obey and trust God. And as the clay relaxes, it starts to release little impurities that are in its heart and in its mind and in its spirit. And as things and the impurities start to come out and they float to the top and the potter comes along, he scoops some impurities out and he puts them in that vessel of trash. And he, and, and he waits and that clay starts to get clean. That's why it says, by the washing of the water, by the word of God. It'll clean you and wash you. It is amazing what this word will do. It'll get the impurities out. When you think I'm okay, this book will show you how you're not okay. Amen? And what it is, is through the washing and the water, it'll start to regenerate you and you'll start to be pliable. And then when you're ready, the the potter, and only the potter, can take you out and put you in the center of his wheel. Put you in the center of God's will. And he starts spinning you around. Amen? And I'll tell you what, talking about Brian, if if he took his hands off, you'd start flying all over the place. But he keeps his hands on you, amen? And his hands do what he wants us to do, his purpose. And he starts molding, he starts shaping, he starts making into something that you never imagined that you could, that you could become. Some people become the most beautiful days. Some people become so pretty, listen to me, so pretty and so beautiful that they can't be used of God. They're the vases that you take and you put on the shelf. They're the vases that are so nice and cute and pretty and, and all dolled up with little flowers all over it. You can't, oh, I can't use that. That goes in the china cabinet. I'll tell you right now, I don't want to be a vase that goes in the china cabinet. I don't want to be a vessel that's just, oh, isn't he nice to look at? No. Well, I know I am. No, I'm kidding. Sorry. Thank you for laughing. She told me I was handsome. I don't want to be a, a, a pretty vessel. I want to be a vessel that God uses. I'd rather be a vessel full of water that can help people with their impurities. I, I, I'll, I'll be a, a vessel of anything God wants to use me with. Amen? But what happens is some of those vessels get put away. But before it can be put away, each and every vessel has to be shaped into what God wants it. And what happens is, I told you this last week, me and Brian, he takes out a knife. Just when you think everything's going smooth. Everything's going good. I'm in the center of God's will. Everything's going good. And what God does is he comes out and takes a knife. He starts scarring, putting line marks in you. You ever feel like sometimes everything's going good, but you don't understand what's happening? Why is my life messed up? Why is this hurt? Why am I hurting? Why is this going on? Do you, anybody have a why? Is it only me? Are you sleeping? Hello, wake up. Am I the only one? Heather, I know you're young, beautiful, talented, millions of dollars, famous. You got a baby coming, right? You ever feel like you don't know what's going on in your life? Thank you. I knew even her. And my point to that is, why does God put those with a knife scars in there? Because he knows that without those scars that he puts in your life, you're not going to make it through the fire. Because a, a vessel with no scars in it, with no lines in it, it's, it, it'll expand and crack and break. So he does all this stuff to you. And then he, when he thinks you're ready, he takes you and he puts you in the oven, in the fire thousand degrees and it bakes you and it gets all the water comes out all, all everything comes out and if you're ready for that fire that fire you come through the fire it says in first peter four twelve, it says beloved think it not a strange thing concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as some as though some strange thing happened unto you but rejoice in so much as you are partakers of christ's suffering See, you wonder why it's going on in your life. You have to trust the potter. You have to trust the potter with what's going on in your life. 
Just listen to him. So every single vessel that makes it out of the fire, he takes and he uses it for whatever reason. But you know, almost half of the vessels don't make it through. They break. They crack. And a vessel that's broken, that can't make it through the fire, they take, the potter comes out and takes it and sees it's broken. And he takes it and smashes it on a pile of all other broken stuff. He takes it and smashes it and it's broken in pieces. I, I found my life that I can't really be used by God until I'm broken. I'll be honest with you. Some of us are so full of ourselves. We think we're something when we're nothing. When I was broken, that's when God could do something with me. But I want to finish with this and let you know what happens is, is those broken pieces, because that's the title of the message, Broken Pieces. Those broken pieces, what he does with them, he doesn't throw them out. Bible, well, stories tell us that the only thing that can ever happen to a broken piece to be used, it has to be ground to powder. Potter takes the broken pieces and he grinds them to powder. That's what he did to Jesus, his own son. He broke Jesus completely. And what he does with the powder is each and every vessel, the reason, there's a reason they couldn't make it through the fire. There's a reason they couldn't. And he takes that powder from the other broken vessels and he pours it in to the clay that's on the center. And he molds it in and makes it in. And that powder from someone else's messed up life gives strength to the other vessels and makes that other vessel be strong and able to make it through the fire. Even when your life is in shambles, even when you've left it all out there and everything's wrong and everything's broken and you think, I'm so broken I can't be fixed, he'll even take your broken, messed up life and pour it into someone else. I've seen it. Anton, I've seen it. I'm part of it. They, people look at me and say, if you can do it, I can do it. Some people will just make new. But I'll tell you right now, right now, if you went through the fire, 90% of you wouldn't make it because you're not strong enough. But what he'll do is Jesus, he ground to powder. He ground him up. And Jesus will pour, God will put you on the wheel and he'll pour Jesus powder into you. And he'll make you and Jesus one. And he'll start forming you again and changing you again because now you have the strength of Christ in you. Now you have the, the broken pieces of Jesus Christ. When he said, take, eat, this is my broken body for you. We become one. And through Christ, I can endure all things. Through Christ, I can make it. Through Christ, he does it all. I'm here to tell you that broken pieces can be used in such great, in great ways. Amen? God's the potter. You're the clay. He, he's, preparing, he's preparing you right now for the refiner's fire. Even the worst cases, those who cannot make it, those vessels who break, crack, or even shatter, God will take those broken pieces and God will grind them into powder, not to throw away, but to use into someone else. Amen? Amen. 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 As he starts to play, let's have an invitation between you and God. This is a time of invitation. When the music starts, you don't have to wait. See people getting out of their seats now. People want to come to the potter. They want to come to God, and they're asking God to do something with them. You have not because you ask not. You could sit in the same seat, and nothing will happen. 
nothing will happen. If that's what you want, nothing to happen in your life, then continue to do the same things. This altar is our friend to come and bow before the Lord and show Him, show yourself that you're serious. If you won't move, I hope God doesn't do something in your life to make you move. Willingly. Your own will. God can do amazing things. If you're broken, let God come and heal you. If your spirit's broken, let God renew you. If you have a broken heart, Jesus said, I'm sent to heal the broken heart. Let God pour Jesus into you. Will you be a vessel of honor or dishonor? Timothy, it says, in the great house, that's the church, there's vessels of honor and vessels of dishonor. You want to be a vessel of honor or a vessel of dishonor? Right now, if you allow the Lord thy God to put his hands upon you, to make you and mold you and shape you, why don't you raise your hand right now if you're willing for God to shape you? If you're willing, there's hands up. I see another hand up. There's hands all over. If you're willing, let God see it. There's hand. Be willing. Don't be stubborn. Amen. I see that hand. God sees it. God, hear the voice that's in their heart crying out to you now. Help them, Lord. Turn your hymnals, 302. And as people are praying all over the... I want you to see what this song says. It's not 302. 306. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Before we sing it and leave, I want you to, if there's anyone here, keep playing, sir. If anyone's here and not sure that you have Jesus, you have him, not, you don't have him because you don't ask for them. If you know that you're a sinner and you know that there's a hell for all sinners and you don't want to go to hell but you believe in Jesus, raise your hand right now. If you believe in Jesus, you don't want to go to hell. Amen. Put your hands down. Right now in your heart, between you and God, bow your head and pray. Jesus said, you have not because you ask not. The Bible says, call upon the name of the Lord and ask Jesus right now. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. Jesus, save me. Heal me. Make me new, Lord. Make me a vessel of honor. I am the clay. You are the potter. I give you my will. Not, your, not my will, Lord. Your will be done. Make me what you want me to make me, Lord. Save my soul. Give me eternal life. Put your hands upon me. Say, Jesus, I trust you and you only for salvation. I'm asking you now, Jesus, save me, a sinner. If you can say that prayer and mean it, the Lord will mean it and he'll save you. Could you please take the hymnals of 306 and stand and sing this song with us and we'll leave.